This is Enjoy Cherokee Voices, a podcast recorded live to deliver in-depth conversations with dynamic people from all corners of Cherokee County. Listeners like you sink into this weekly podcast to learn more about the people that make Cherokee County extraordinary. And now it's time to get to know another neighbor. Here's your host, Jody Drinker. Hello, hello, and welcome to the studio today, Miss Sarah Kendall. How are you? I'm well, Jody. How are you this morning? I'm very good. Uh, you were kind of surprised at Thrive, huh? You know, it is there. an amazing space. I did not realize how many offices were here. Yeah, Enjoy Cherokee's been here since they opened, so we're very fortunate to have some roots here in the Milan, Ottawa, and up here in Thrive. So, and you're not far from here. Tell me about what you do, Sarah. I am a financial advisor with Edward Jones. I am right up the street across from Darby Funeral Home in the little green historic house. In a historic home? Mm. Do you have any ghosts in there? I, I hope not. I sure <laughs> hope not. <laughs> I hope not, too. I know there's a, um, we're coming upon the fall season. I know there's some uh, ghost tours that can take take walks around downtown and they tell stories. So I've heard they're a ton of fun. I missed it last year. I yeah. think the year before because of COVID, it was canceled. Have yeah. you ever done one? I have not. Not in this town. No, I did one in Woodstock, and that was kind of fun. But, yeah. So. Well, you'll have to come with me this year do the one in Cherokee <laughs> County. I'm a big sissy, so. <laughs> we'll hold hands and walk around downtown. That sounds perfect. Good. Well, the reason we're here today, the reason you're a guest in our studio is um, because we are going to be, I don't want to say celebrating, but we are raising money for the Alzheimer's Association. Yes, it is a wonderful group here in Cherokee County. Dan Phillips heads it up, and they do a lot of amazing things. And and they party, which is fantastic. <laughs> like our opening ceremony was at uh, Reformation Brewery here. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, it's a good fun group, that's for sure. And how many years have you been walking? Since 2019. Mm-hmm. So when I really started noticing changes with my grandmother, Ruth, is when I got very involved with Alzheimer's because I thought, I don't truly understand how this disease works. And I wanted to give back because the caregivers and the folks suffering with Alzheimer's really go through a lot. Mm-hmm. And so do the families. They do. Yeah. So you've been through a lot and your whole family has, I'm sure. All right. Well, you said in 2019, tell me, where are you, where were you born and raised? I am from Blue Ridge, Georgia. So about an hour and 15 minutes north from here. Mm-hmm. And now you're rooted in white Georgia, is that right? I am. Right inside the borders of Cherokee County. Yes. Yes. And um, tell me about your grandmother. So how old were you? What were you doing? What was what made your grandmother fun? My grandma was the sweetest, most Southern lady you have ever met. She was a single mom and she picked me up every day from school. She always had a hot meal fixed. And then on the weekends, she would just come kidnap me. I tried to pack my bags and move in with her, but it turned out my parents didn't like it too much. <laughs> you literally pack it up. And I did. Call yeah. your grandma, come get me. Yes, I had a little red suitcase that said, go into grandma's. Oh. And I packed about everything I could fit in it that one weekend because I said, you know what? I'm done. I'm just going to live with my grandma. Mm, she Ruth. lets me eat chocolate cake. Oh, for breakfast? All the time. <laughs> what else did she do? What did you have fun doing? She took us hiking and fishing and shopping and Lots of church activities. Any, mm-hmm. Anywhere that woman went, she just took us. She took us visiting and everything. We had such a great time together. Great memories. So you said something happened in 2019 that led you to a, a not-so-great time. Yes, 2018, 2019, she was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. 
And we really started noticing some major changes. She laid a dish towel down on the stove and it caught the kitchen cabinets on fire. Was she alone in the house at the time? She was alone in the house at the time. What happened? The normal stuff, you know, you have to get it put out, clean everything up, remodel, fire department came, that kind of fun stuff. But that's when my parents had to start alternating staying with her and then trying to find family to stay with her. And then I do have teenagers and running a business, so I go sit with her on Sundays. But then trying to hire help outside of family, she didn't want strangers in her house, people she didn't know. Mm-hmm. What kind of things was she doing? What was What were her symptoms of Alzheimer's? She was easily disoriented. She would get Meaning? Confused get confused when she was somewhere or kind of forget names or transpose names. And my dad's name is Mike. And if she didn't see him every day, if, you know, there was a day in between or time had lapsed a little bit, she would be concerned that something happened to him. She wouldn't remember that she'd seen him Monday and it's only Tuesday. Really? Oh, yeah. Then she's getting agitated and anxious and scared. Yeah. And then... Would she spend the nights alone or would she have somebody there the whole time? We tried to have someone there with her. Mm-hmm. At first, she was spending the nights alone. But then if she got worried about my dad, she couldn't hear well on the phone to hear him saying he's okay if she called him. So she would just take off walking. Or if she decided she wanted ice cream, she'd just take off walking. Uh, uh, just yep. head outside. Yep. She was just going to walk to go get ice cream. Did or- she ever get lost? Like, did you miss her? Like, she was gone. She did. She, well, she walked to the neighbors or somebody would stop and pick her up. Because when you see a sweet little 90-year-old lady on the side of the road walking, especially when she made it to 575. Oh, my goodness. Someone would pick her up and, you know, she would tell them that she couldn't find her son or she hadn't heard from him or she was hungry. Or she was hungry. Did, did she know how to get home? Like, did she tell these strangers how to get home? What would the stranger do? She had mom and dad's phone number in her pocketbook that she kept with her. Uh-huh. So they would call mom and dad. And you can imagine the panic that caused for my parents. Oh, my goodness. I, You know what? I don't know that I can imagine it. it. In my mind, I would think there's all these emotions like, thank God she was found, you know, a frightened for her safety um, and kind of an embarrassment, I imagine. All of that wrapped yes. into one. Yes. Embarrassment, anger, fear, all of those together. You know, and you couldn't fuss at her at first. Well, I will say at first we did fuss at her. You can't do this. It's not safe. Where are you going? You know, those normal things. But then as reality started to set in that this is her normal. This really is her reality. This is what she believes and how she feels. That's when we all sat down and said, this is serious. There's something going on. Right. Now, when you were sitting down and talking with her, was it a normal conversation and she could kind of keep the, keep the conversation going even by sort of breezing over some things? Yes, sometimes she was argumentative, sometimes she was very understanding, other times she would just not really want to recall what she had done or why she had done it, maybe. (laughs) Uh, There were times where you could see that she knew exactly what was going on, and then there were times where you'd look at her, and she would be clueless. She had no idea what was going on, and Mm -hmm. then there'd be times in between that where for a split second, she would realize she didn't know. And that scared her. You could see the fear in her own eyes. And that was, it was hard. Yes, yes. I have um, my stepmother there. She has passed and I, she had some form of dementia. She was really never diagnosed with it. But one of the things that I noticed, and it was very frustrating for me, because she always kept a calendar of everybody's birthday in our entire family. And we have an enormous family. And she would keep everybody's name on that calendar when their birthday was. And then one day I was like, 
um, she kept saying, I have an appointment tomorrow. I have an appointment tomorrow. She had to be ready for this appointment tomorrow. And I was like, well, the calendar says it's not till next week, Thursday or something. And I set that calendar down and she no longer knew how to read a calendar. Like where is today? And if this is today, where is tomorrow? And it never, it never made sense to her. And it was one of those things where I was very adamant. Like, are you joking? How can you not know how to use a calendar? And I, was upset about the whole thing. But in reality, it was her reality. That's exactly what you're saying. It was her reality. And I needed to just say, we're dealing with a different mind right now. So it was, it's a lot to take in, isn't it? When that happens. It is. And that is so hard because I'm sure she was fiercely independent and very strong and organized, just like my grandmother was. Yeah, your grandma was very independent. She, um, you said earlier in a conversation that, that she divorced at a quite a young age. She was a single mom in the 60s. My dad is an only child. So she was a nurse. She ran the ER. She ran the ER. She did. And she loved what she did. I mean, she always drove herself. I hear stories of folks being like, I can't drive after my husband passed away. I can't imagine what that's like because my mamma, she took care of everything. She mowed her own grass. She worked in her own yard. She had a garden. I mean, she got in the creek. I, I just can't imagine, you know, someone not being able to do all those things. Yeah, she's a, she was quite a woman. So when it came time for her to start losing her independence, that must have been a tragedy for her and for the entire family. It was. It's heartbreaking to watch her go from being such a strong woman to having to be dependent on someone else. And her realizing she had to give that up. That was very hard to watch. Cherokee County Fire and Emergency Services wants you to know these tips during Fire Safety Month. Because fire won't wait. Plan your escape. These tips include know two ways out of every room. Plan and practice with your family where to go in case of a fire. Designate a family meeting place outside the home. Make sure you have working smoke alarms. Smoke alarms are proven to give you extra minutes to escape. Call 911 once you're safely out of the home. Practice your fire drill at least twice a year with everyone in your home. These tips can save lives. Work to make sure your family knows what to do in case of a fire. Fire won't wait, so plan your escape. This message brought to you by Cherokee County Fire and Emergency Services. listening to Enjoy Cherokee Voices, and I'm here with Sarah Kendall, and she's telling some stories about her grandmother, Ruth, Mama, yes, who um, passed away with Alzheimer's disease. And tell me a little bit about when, when she became less independent, had to move into an assisted living. How was that transition, the discussion? How was the discussion like, this is what's going to have to happen? My dad had the discussion with her, and she didn't like it, but she was okay with it, and she understood. The first day she was moved in, I went to visit her, and I was sitting on her bed, and I was crying like a baby. And she leaned forward and put her hand on my knee, and she said, why are you crying? This is not about you. And I was like, oh, my goodness, she's right. She's not crying, and here I am feeling sorry for myself. And she's the one with all the changes. You were feeling sorry for yourself. Oh, my goodness. And you have children. 
I do. I have a son, Tristan, who is 19, and a daughter, Kaylee, who's 15. That must have been hard on them as well. It sounds like they must have known her quite well. They did, and they love their mama because she's always so sweet and funny. And when you think Southern woman, that is what you think. Well put together and always on a mission, and she always fed you. It didn't matter if you were hungry or not. If you went to see that woman, you were going to eat something. I don't understand. You are perfectly fit and thin. (laughs) My grandma didn't make me anything. (laughs) And I could roll out of here. (laughs) Well, that's probably because I'm not from the South originally. So I don't know the Southern cooking like you do. But that would have been really hard on your whole family. So your children... Were they there when she moved in as well? Yes, and they went with me. I sat with her on Sundays. Mm-hmm. So we went to visit Mama on Sundays and break her out, is what we called it. So we break her out and we take her to go get pizza or ice cream and go sit in the sunshine, you know, right around town Aww. and just see what's going on. And she, we would go to the dollar store because it was easy to get around the dollar store. You know, it's not overwhelming like Walmart is. Mm-hmm. I bet we'd spend two hours walking around the dollar store. Bless your heart. You were able to... Keep it together for two hours, letting her just wander the aisles. Well, it was embarrassing at first. And then I was like, this is not about me. That's the one thing that I kept thinking, this is not about me. So then it just became fun. It became entertaining. I mean, that's kind of how we we dealt with it. We just let Mama enjoy herself. That was her free time. That was us breaking her out. And we just go up and down the same aisles and up and down the same aisles. And we talk to the same people about the same thing over and over again for two hours. Look at these memories. You got a big old smile on your face now. So these are good memories now. They are. So tell me more about where she was staying. She was in memory care? She was not. She was Mm -hmm. not there very long. So, And one of the stories that really stick out is when she had progressed, I guess about a year in, I had a call. I was on my way up there on a Sunday, and they called me, and I was getting ready to pull in, and they said, we need you to get here. And I said, well, it's great. I'm almost there. I'm getting ready to pull in the parking lot. And I got there, and she had packed the sweet little old man up in his wheelchair and moved him out of his room <laughs> because she knew that was her room. Oh. And she was raising all kinds of cane about this little man who was in her room trying to go through her stuff. Now, oh. what kind of pervert was he? And I'm just sitting there looking at that little man in his wheelchair, and he's just got this this look on his face, and he's shaking his head, and he was so sweet. And he understood. He didn't like it, but he understood. And oh. she moved him out all the time, like oh, every couple was... every couple weeks. She maybe, just moved him out. Maybe she had a little. Maybe she wanted to move in. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. But brown chicken, brown cow. You, you never know what happens over there. That's right? exactly right. But bless his heart. I mean, she just shove him on out in the hallway with the little box of stuff. It was awful. I can see this little man wheeling up. Um, <laughs> director, <laughs> Ruthie's at it again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, that is so crazy. Oh, poor girl. Well, and I got to be the hero a lot. I'm not going to lie, I did. Oh. So when I would come on Sundays and I would bring her snacks, she loved her junk food. And one of the things at the end of about the year and a half her being there before she passed away was that she couldn't remember if she had eaten or if she hadn't eaten. And sometimes she would forget to eat. But we would always bring her snacks every time someone came to visit. That was there three days a week. And then a cousin came two days a week. Mm-hmm. And I came, you know, on Sundays too. We would bring her snacks. Everybody brought her snacks. She had a drawer full of just Little Debbies and Hot Cheetos. Oh, Hot Cheetos. But by the time Sunday got there, 
she would not remember that my dad had been to see her the day before or on Friday or that Jan had just been there that morning before I could get there. So every time I came and I'd ask her if she wanted to get pizza or ice cream, she'd say, oh, you know, they've not taken me that Michael. He has not taken me to get pizza. He's not brought me anything. So I was always the hero. Yeah. Yeah. That is, it's so sad. It's just heartbreaking because it really was, she had no memory of it. She didn't. Her short term, it was terrible. And bless their hearts because the folks that ran that kitchen, the kitchen staff did a wonderful job because she would finish breakfast and then get back to her room and be like, well, it's time for breakfast. (laughs) And then breakfast was cleaned up. And she'd go back in there and demand breakfast that they weren't feeding her and taking care of her. And did they give, they just They'd gave her, give her a, a cup of jello or whatever they had. Oh my goodness. Yeah. They're, they were keeping care of her for sure. That's mm-hmm. good. They did a wonderful job. They did. Wow. Um, you have another relative. Now I want to get this straight. I want you to explain to the audience here. Um, all seven listeners. We only have seven people listening, so it doesn't matter. But, um. You have your grandmother, Ruth. Yes. And she had Michael, a son. Yes. And then there's another grandmother involved. Tell me about this. My step-grandmother, Evelyn. Mm Mm-hmm. So when I was born, my step-grandmother and my grandpa were coming to see me. And he pulled in and he said, oh, I can't even see her roofs here. I'm just, we'll just come back another time. And he was very hateful. And my grandmother, Evan, said, absolutely not. I'm getting out seeing that grandbaby. You just let me out and you go on home. <laughs> and my grandmother, Evelyn, said that my mamma Ruth came out and gave her the biggest hug. Oh. And she said she was the prettiest woman oh. and so sweet. And they were friends until the very end. Really? Yes. So during the summers when I would stay with my grandmas, I go back and forth between them because I, I wanted to live with them. Oh. And being at grandma's house, the best thing in the world. Right. But they got along great. That's And so they would sweet. take my brother and I back and forth. I mean, they were so good to us. Yeah, that's great. And now she is still alive. Is that right? She Evelyn is. is. Mm-hmm. Yes. And tell me about her. Grandma Evelyn actually lives here in Cherokee County. And she has been doing some of the clinical trials for, I would say, maybe five, ten years even. Mm-hmm. I don't know a lot about them because they don't give you a lot of information but my aunt Linda, her daughter, does truly believe they have helped her. Yeah, and you and do you feel like they've helped her as well? I do because it's not progressed like it did with my mamma. So mamma had it. She was only what four years about she had she before may she have passed. Had it longer because there were some things that she was forgetting or some things that were a little off. But when you're ninety, we let those kind of things slide. Yeah, there was. You said something really cute before. My grandma, Evelyn, my Mm step-grandma, she said that, you know, when she was young and in her 30s, everybody just thought she was cute and flaky. And now that she's made it to her 90s, they all think she's old and crazy. (laughs) But it's it's true. That's kind of how it starts, though, isn't it? I mean, you can kind of joke about, oh, I forgot my appointment or I forgot to put dinner on the table or whatever. But those are things we have to kind of start watching the... Um, watching the progression of to see if that happens more and more often. So. Yes, I'm really paying attention with my parents also. Are you? I am. I think I'm just more aware. And when I talk to my clients, I listen for things now. Really? Little things like, are they repetitive? Do they forget a child's name? Things like that. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you spot this quite often in your job? 
I do not, but sometimes we do. If there's a lapse in memory, and when we did have a client that had a situation, it ended up being she'd had a stroke. Oh. We got permission to call a trusted contact and check in on her, and it turned out she had actually had a stroke. No kidding. And that's why she was disoriented. Wow, you are a very good financial advisor. If you're watching everything beyond the finances even, that's amazing. We are very blessed. We have the world's best clients. We truly do. They are so good to us. They feed us. They bring us gifts. I mean, we couldn't ask for better folks. That's really, that's really inspiring. That's cool that you're so involved with your clients. Good for you. Good for you. Well, I also think it's encouraging that Grandma Evelyn is going through some clinical trials. And just so you know, that after this, we're going to have a little brief um, fun facts about what goes on in some of the clinical trials that are happening now. So I don't, I don't know it off the cuff, and I'm sure you don't either, but there's going to be some progress coming very shortly. In fact, we've had some incredible strides because of the Alzheimer's Association and all the money that we raise for the for the purpose of research. Can I ask you if you are worried about the possibility of getting Alzheimer's yourself? Yes and no. I worry about the burden as far as my children or my family. But no, I'm not worried about it because I won't have a clue. <laughs> I mean, right. I'll be that little lady that's walking to get ice cream with her pocketbook on the side of the road. I have no doubt if I get it. There you go. But I do worry about the burden for my family. You know, one of the things that Cherokee County does best is coming together to support a cause. And there is a, you spoke last year at the walk. Mm -hmm. There is a huge turnout every year and a ton of support here in Cherokee County for the Alzheimer's Association. Yes. And if anybody wants to give, they can contact your team and give online. Is that right? Yes, we are Sarah Kendall, the girls in purple. I know we're not very creative. It's the best I had as a name. But we would love to have folks come join the walk also. So yes, raise money for awareness and support. But please come join us in the walk. And even if you're not walking, you can come to the event. It's on October 30th, bright and early in the morning. We'll give the details at the end. But there's a lot of education that happens at that at that event as well. It's like you said, a lot of fun. Uh, and there's some interesting facts that are brought up and updates. So I there encourage are. anybody to come to that. Well, so again, that is, um, what is it? The Girls in Purple. Yes. The Girls in Purple. Sarah Kendall, The Girls in Purple. Look for that and donate a few bucks so that we can help people with Alzheimer's and keep people from getting it. That's the goal for, yes. their, for their research. We so. say we're walking for a cure. Sarah, I want to thank you very much for coming in today and... Uh, spending time with us talking about your uh, adventures and your memories with your grandmothers, grandmother and grandmothers. I hope you don't want to run away anymore. You don't pack your bag and go by Grandma Evelyn anymore, do you? Oh, you know what? There are days that I would love to have somebody else fix my dinner and go eat chocolate cake and do my laundry and pet me like my grandmothers did. I'm telling you. Those are good days when that happens. So. They are good days. Well, thank you, Jody, for the opportunity to give, let me tell my story and speak a little bit about the Alzheimer's Association. I appreciate it. You're very welcome. we're back. This is Jody, your host for Enjoy Cherokee Voices. And we just had a wonderful conversation with Sarah Kendall regarding her experiences with her grandmothers, different grandmothers, and their Alzheimer's experiences. So much to think about. 
And to help me come together with some facts and figures, I have a new guest in the studio, Emma Lauren Tyler. Tyler. (laughs) I almost said Taylor again. (laughs) But yes, Emma Tyler is here with me. Emma, you're a senior in high school at Cherokee High. Is that right? Yes, ma'am. I am. You are. And you've been an intern here in our office for how long? I believe a year at this point. It's been a long time. I've enjoyed it a lot. Do you? You Yeah, You enjoy, enjoy? I enjoy, enjoy. Well, a lot of times what Emma does here is she works with facts and helps us put together the magazine and helps us with social media and so forth. And she has helped me pull some facts today about Alzheimer's. And we wanted to kind of get to the bottom of it. It was, you know, we had a fun conversation, a lot of um, a lot of sad moments, a lot of happy comments with Sarah. Right now, what we're going to do is go over the 10 early signs of Alzheimer's. And then we're going to talk about some other statistics. And finally, we're going to come up with the things we have to look forward to, because there's been a lot of movement in the research area much in part because of ALZ.org and the Alzheimer's Walk and all the money that they raise for research, you're going to see at the end of this little segment um, how much impact they've had. So 10 signs or 10 early signs of Alzheimer's. Emma, any idea what some of them might be? I have no idea. Actually, I did find something that in the early stages, an individual can lose their sense of smell, which is quite interesting. Really? Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Um, It could also be due to other factors, but there is that included. So So it's sort of a a tie, whether or not that's part of Alzheimer's, but it's a connection. It is. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, one of the most common signs of Alzheimer's disease, especially in the very early stages, is forgetting recently learned information. Kind of like when I forgot your name, your last (laughs) name after working here a year. Uh, But Also forgetting important events or dates, asking the same question over and over, an increased need to rely on memory aids like post-it notes or electronic reminders on your phone and so forth. Forgetting recently learned information can be as basic as learning something like, oh, we're going to go to lunch at noon and somebody might forget that was today, that event coming up. Exactly. It's not just like you kind of forget and you're like, oh, oh, I forgot about that. It's not that kind of memory loss. It's more of a permanent thing where even when you're told what's going on, it's not coming back to memory or it doesn't make sense. It's not registering. Exactly. Exactly. That's the best way to put it. It's not registering. Alzheimer's disease versus dementia. This has always been a big question in my mind. What's the difference? Now, Alzheimer's is a type of dementia. Oh, okay. And Alzheimer's is a cause of dementia. Alzheimer's is a type of dementia and it is a cause of dementia. So it's, it's so entangled with the same, you know, it's just Alzheimer's and dementia. Yeah. Yeah, It's so hard to tear them apart. Dementia is a general term for symptoms like decline in memory, reasoning, or other skills, thinking included in that. Alzheimer's is a specific brain disease but it accounts for 60 to 80% of the dementia cases. Wow. Yeah. It's a, it's a lot. It's a lot to take in. Yes. Another number two, the symptoms are problem solving and inability to plan. So, for example, an inability to read and follow a recipe. I mean, wow. yeah. My mother, actually, this happened to her. She passed, um, I think I said in Sarah's thing, she passed a few years back, but that was one of the first signs that I remember. Mm -hmm. She was making 
some cookies and she forgot to put the sugar in it. So how do you, you know, how do you have cookies without sugar? Yeah. Right. Right. And then she could not later we'll find out another one is you can't trace your, your steps back. So she couldn't, she swore she put that sugar in there, but clearly she didn't, Wow. you know, so even she was tasting the cookie going, I must've done something wrong, but But she she, didn't know what, no, no idea. And increased need to rely on the memory aids. Did you ever go into somebody's house that has like your grandmother or anybody that? Yes. Um, my grandmother actually had dementia and she had memory aids and stuff. Um, it was crazy. It got to a point where she would think that my brother was her son. And so she would be like, come here, Todd, which is my dad's name. And so she would be Aww. asking him to like hold her hand when he was younger and she would like walk him across the street and stuff and. And call him your dad's yeah. name. Oh, that's, it's, isn't it sad to watch? It really is. It's it's insane watching the progress of the disease develop as well. It just becomes so apparent. Like you can tell when somebody's getting worse and worse throughout the days. Mm-hmm. It's heart heartbreaking. Another one is a, a difficulty in doing familiar tasks, like doing laundry, could be a real problem. Like sometimes mm-hmm. they'll put the laundry in six times in the washer and forget to dry it. Wow. You know, or take it out wet. Right. And try to fold it. Creating a creating a grocery list is sometimes impossible. If you ever play, do you play games with your grandmother? I do. Yes. Have you found a decline in her ability to play a card game or a board game? Sadly, she did pass away a few years back. Oh, yeah. But before then, we did play games. Um, until it got to the point where she just couldn't remember like what color she was, what she was doing. She couldn't remember the specific game we were playing. But it was definitely a gradual process where you could see how she was just slowly forgetting like how the game worked. And we used to play. Um, sorry, that was what we usually played. Yeah. yeah, and that's kind of a children's game, really. I mean, it's mm-hmm. a, one of your first board oh, games yeah, to learn. For sure. But yeah, did you come to a point when you were hanging out with grandma, did you come to a point where you're like, you know what, I can't change her. This is the way she is. And we're just going to roll with it. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, my dad always told us before we'd go in, like, don't correct her. If she says like, where's, you know, where's Brett or something, just be like, oh, he's coming back. He's at the store. Like it would just be like something where we would just accommodate to whatever she was talking about. We would just agree with her and be like, yeah, of course. Like this. Your is dad happen. is a wise man because that is yes. exactly what needs to happen. Right. That you just put yourself into their reality and you just go with it. Yeah. And it's can be kind of fun. Yeah, it can be. I mean, when she used to like walk around with my brother and he, he, I mean, he was so little, it was crazy that he would get along with it too. And he'd just be like, okay, let's go. And they would walk (laughs) around the parking lot. It was really sweet. So, oh, great memories, even in that time of their life. Right. Um, Another thing they'll forget is how to do their old hobbies. Mm. You know, if they're, if knitting is sort of the thing they were into, sometimes it's really hard. Mm Mm-hmm. As a, as a bystander, you're like, why don't you just knit? You enjoy knitting. Just sit there and knit. And right. before you know it, it's not working. They don't get it anymore. It's just not sure, fun. yeah. Sometimes people forget the seasons. Like, is it summer or is it winter or is it going to be spring or is it going to be fall? All of that becomes a passage of time that is sort of erased from their mind. Another one is visual images and spatial relations. So they have... Legitimate visual impairments, meaning their eyes are legitimately declining, but it leads to really bad balance issues and Mm. judging distance, which I think is kind of interesting. Really hinders driving. That's why it's important if someone is diagnosed with Alzheimer's to To not drive. right. Right. That's not a fun family conversation. 
Yeah. And speaking of conversations, that's number six, that conversations are very hard for them to follow. So the logic is gone. It's, it's no longer a logical conversation, meaning how can you sit down with your friend and have coffee if you can't follow up with what you were talking about previously? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's what's hard to yeah. watch, too. I think a lot of times when people get into the memory care areas of the nursing facilities, they have no friends because nobody can follow along with each other's conversations. It's, it's hard. Misplacing things. And putting them in odd places, like, oh. Yes. My grandma used to, she would be eating, and at one point, she just forgot how to pick up her fork. Like, she just, like, couldn't do it. She would just stare at her food, and my grandpa, he was such a good caregiver to her. I mean, he would always feed her and remind her. He was like, "Um, you love this food. Like, you should eat it. And then she would eat it, but she would, like, take the fork and, like, hide it somewhere, and, like, she would laugh, and then she'd be like, I don't know what I did with this. She would just forget, but it was almost like a game, in a way, that he made it, and it made it, like, so adorable, almost. So, So they're laughing, they're giggling yeah. Did did she use her fingers? She did occasionally. Usually he would feed her with a fork. I remember oh. that very well growing up, that he would help feed her. But sometimes when he wasn't looking, she would hide the fork and start giggling. And you would know that it was somewhere. And then she would forget what she did. She'd maybe like, she was wise. And she maybe. knew that her, her little lover across the, across the <laughs> table would feed her with a spoon or a fork. She hit it. <laughs> She's like, it's gone. And then we would all laugh. And she'd be like, what are y'all laughing about? And she would have no idea. Another thing is... Poor judgment comes with somebody in with Alzheimer's disease. For example, they might give money to telemarketers. I know we hang up on them all the time, but the sad reality is a lot of those companies are out there fishing for people that have poor judgment and say, mm-hmm. yes, okay, I will give this to you as your wedding gift or whatever it right. is they're, they're calling for. But another poor judgment thing and loss of, of time is not taking their medications on time. Mm. So they'll think, oh, I didn't take it yet, and they'll double it. Right. Or they'll forget it for three days. Another, and the 10th and the final one is changes in mood and personality. They, they can easily become suspicious of people. They can even mm. have visions. With their poor vision, things turn into different different things right. like outside, and they might get really scared or agitated or anxious for what they're looking out the window at. So these are things to keep a lookout for if you think perhaps a family member or friend or neighbor has the beginning stages of Alzheimer's. But we have some other statistics that Miss uh, Miss Tyler is going to help me with. So tell me what you found. Yes. So actually in 2020, during the COVID-19 rising, um, it contributed to a 17% increase in Alzheimer's and dementia deaths. So and dementia deaths? Yes. Yes. Um, The numbers have spiked down. I'm not exactly certain what the statistics are right now, but at that point, I think it was the highest it had been in years in history. Oh my gosh. It was insane. It was very upsetting, but even worse, the prevalence of Alzheimer's disease is increasing. So according to Alzheimer's Orange County, the number of Americans with Alzheimer's disease and other dementias will grow each year as the size and proportion of the U.S. population age 65 and older continues to increase. Mm. So it's estimated that in 2050, there will be a projected 13.8 million. Um, Currently, we are looking at about 6 million and over of U.S. citizens having Alzheimer's. So that's a big increase. It's going to double. It's more than double. Yeah. But we have some good news coming up. Is that right? We do. Okay. You want to, you got more bad news? Um, 
No. Good. That's all I don't can Don't want take. to talk about the bad news anymore. We, That's got, right. we got even better news. So thankfully, the Clarity AD Global Phase 3 clinical trial of, I believe it's Lacanemab. I'm not exactly sure. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. So you're saying we don't know how to pronounce it? Yeah. Where's Google? I'll pull it up. Give all me right. a second. All right. You found Google? I did. All right. Let's hear it. Lacanemab. Lacanemab. Lacanemap. Okay, not certainly how accurate that is. This is from YouTube, by the way. Um, so I couldn't okay. find anything on Google, but I do believe it is Lacanemap, according from what YouTube is telling me. Okay, so what is the? So tell us about Lacanemap. So this treatment can potentially change the course of the disease in a very meaningful way. Um, this was founded in September 27th of 2022. So this was very what? recent. That's less than a month ago. I know it's crazy, and the results basically indicate that. Lacanemab may give people more time at or near their full abilities to participate in daily life, remain independent, and make future health care um, decisions. Mm-hmm. So it could potentially render the entire course of Alzheimer's and dementia. And of course, they're still looking for ways, you know, to find other methods, other medications, other medications, other treatments. Other treatments. And, yeah. yeah, of course, they're always looking, always searching. You know, there's so many ways that you can fund the Alzheimer's and dementia care programs. There's just many ways that there's okay. going into it, but... What else did you find? So, interesting enough, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, if warranted by new evidence, they are in line with today's top-line announcement, and the FDA approved this treatment of lacanemab. Mm -hmm. So, Medicare beneficiaries living with Alzheimer's, um, a terminal progressive disease, deserve the same immediate full coverage under Medicare, afforded to those with other terminal diseases. So, basically... As of this moment, I don't believe that all of the treatments for Alzheimer's are covered by Medicare or Medicaid, but as they are attempting to, they are wanting to potentially have Medicare be able to help individuals afford this new treatment of lacanemab. I do recall last year at the uh, the walk that took place in Etowah Park, it's the same thing that's going to happen this year again, mm-hmm. we had an announcement that one of these drugs was released and it had quite an impact if you caught early enough it was pretty successful in warding off the disease for some time yeah but then it came on the market which we were all thrilled about and then it was not affordable nobody could use it wow that's insane i know it was some ridiculous like a thousand dollars a month or more i think it was even more than that twenty thousand dollars a year came to mind but i don't know don't quote no. don't quote me on that. But anyway, <laughs> the point of the story is what you're saying here is that the Medicare and Medicaid will provide full coverage once FDA approved. So that's right. Yes. So we're working on that anyway. That's the that's the benefit of that. And is that what is that all you have? That's pretty good news. If you ask it me. is. Um, I don't know what treatment you were talking about for the walk that was significantly increasing. I think like it, was, it was. Is the it help? Yeah, that's the word. I couldn't pronounce Got it last year. It. I, was, I was the MC for the thing, and I was like, well, Eldrum. Yeah. So it's actually the first FDA-approved therapy to address the underlying biology of Alzheimer's disease. Mm-hmm. And um, it's also the first therapy to demonstrate that removing beta-amyloid, I think, is one of the hallmarks of the Alzheimer's disease from the brain. And it's reasonably likely to reduce cognitive and functional decline in people living yeah. early. So it helps mainly the early stages of Alzheimer's. So if you, basically the faster that you can find um, a diagnosis for Alzheimer's, the faster that you can get treatments done, the faster you can become more independent. And it just helps with the entire process over time. 
Well, if you or you think somebody in your family or neighbor or anybody that you're that you come in contact with might be suffering from early stages of Alzheimer's, your best bet is to get an immediate appointment with your primary care physician and probably they will suggest that you go to a neurologist for a complete mm. diagnosis. Another way that you can help in a big way is go to and be a part of the Cherokee County Walk to End Alzheimer's. This is taking place on Saturday, October 29th at Etowah Park in Canton, bright and early in the morning. I believe it's at 8 a.m. So come out, support the walkers that are there. And in particular, we would like for you to support Sarah Kendall. Sarah Kendall has a team. What's the name of the team? It is Sarah Kendall, the girls in purple. <laughs> she said that was very uncreative, but I thought it was quite good. The girls I love in purple. It. It sounds Sarah, great. Sarah Kendall, the girls in purple. You can find all of the information that we just talked about today on alz.org. Alz.org. Thank you so much for being here, Emma. Of course. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm so proud of you. Good job. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) All right, folks, get out there and enjoy Cherokee. (laughs) Enjoy Cherokee Voices and Enjoy Cherokee Magazine are produced by EMI, a nationally recognized award-winning multimedia content producer. For additional information about this and all of our podcasts, visit enjoycherokee.com. If you enjoyed this show, click subscribe and take some time to rate and review the podcast now. It really does help us succeed in the booming world of podcasts.